This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today, the legendary Gary Vaynerchuk in the house. Hey, brother. Good to see you, man. Great to as see you. Always. I think this Fun is to the, be back. This is the third time yes. you'll be on the show. We're about second to, time here. Second time here. First time I was in my bedroom. I remember because on, I just remember it. I don't know yeah, I think I've interviewed probably a bunch of times. One time over Skype, you were like in an airport lobby for like one of your <laughs> books. Like, you want to hear something funny? I've been yeah. thinking about doing some recall content from Crush It for the Crushing It content in February, and I searched on uh, YouTube Crush It uh, and my name, and one of the in my preview pane. It's your review. I think I tweeted it to you. You yesterday. shared out the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah from Crush Your it, yeah. review of Crush eight years it, ago. Eight years ago. <laughs> That's great. Dude, you haven't you haven't aged, which is weird. Really? Yeah. I don't know if anybody who's listening to this show right now thinks this is weird the way I do, which is that Lewis is always good looking and all that. <laughs> but like, forget about good looking or like fit. Or, he's got all those things down. I just mean actually aging. That's good. I've to- I've been told I have good skin. I don't know what that means, but. But you also agree with me that you haven't aged that much yet in these eight years. How old are you? 34. Okay, good. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I didn't age too much from 26 to 34 either. And but then you started then to Then I the fucking wall. fell apart. <laughs> well, that's when you started investing yourself <laughs> yeah. and you realized the importance of health. Oh, I re- yes, yes, no question. How, but, but I mean, besides losing fat and getting, starting to get some semblance of a muscle, but like gray hair and like losing my hair yeah. in the back, like just a fucking wrinkle, like actual age. How does that affect you emotionally when you see the aging of the hair or the skin or the wrinkles? Not or? much actually, you know it's weird, like, like, like I'm pretty vain and like all that stuff, like I'm into that, like I, I, it should affect me more. Here's the punchline, it's like, the fuck are you gonna do about it? Right. Like, I guess I can debate hair implants, which once in a weird moon, like when I see like an angle from like a Babin video or D-Rock, like I'm like, oh shit, my hair's going. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I've got 18 to 36 months before I have to shave my head. Like it's just going enough right. back here. But then I'm always like, or should I like get an afro? Like should I just get like a huge implant like situation like Matthew McConaughey or whatever? I'm sure he did something. Like, yeah, you know, or like Jeremy Piven. Like you look at the old, or, or, or Elon Musk. Like you look at some of that content you're like, mm-mm. There's something. Elon, you didn't just magically grow hair. Like, exactly. Like, so, I mean, <laughs> so if anybody's listening who does that shit really well, I could be sold. I, I could, you know, looking at Nick's hair, like I could rock some long ass Right, right, hair, exactly. You know, like, one last rodeo before I'm finished. Does any of that affect you though in terms of like your confidence no, in business? No. No, not in, you know, that's what's so great about business. Uh, you know, I'm not an Instagram model, I'm not an actor, uh, I'm, not, I'm not looked at or liked or my, you know, return on investment has nothing to do with my physical appearance. So yeah. what's great about being a business person, it's so much, it's a mind game and an execution game. I also think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs and business people don't maybe take care of themselves as much as they should and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's more of just like being a guy or being somebody that's transitioning in, into their early 40s and you, you kind of know what the next chapters look right. like. You, you know, I think you think about it much more from like, oh, I'm getting older or like mortality. Um, no, it, I don't feel less confident because of my physical, I, because I never also, unlike you, who's like a physical specimen, there was never a time in my life that I ever like looked at my looks or physical status mm. as a self-esteem builder. Right. Where you looked at results in your business. Yeah, to me, I was cool, even though nobody else thought I was cool, <laughs> because I made $4,000 selling 8,000 Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards this weekend in the Phillipsburg Mall. And so for me, 
It's interesting, I had so much self-esteem around business results when that was not a thing. Now that's a thing. It's really interesting to get these DMs. I love the 15-year-old guys that slide into my DM and telling me stories of like, like why they look up to me because it really is actually very funny. The entrepreneur is cool now. And so like mm-hmm. they're, you know, when you're a 15 year old guy, you want a girlfriend, you want to yeah. be popular. Yeah. And like you look at the, I look at their photos and these are not like 15 year old Lewis's. These are like some nerdy ass kids, but they've got like ridiculously like cool girlfriends. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this entrepreneur thing has really hit high school. Like this yeah, is real exactly. now. Like, wow, if you're a cryptocurrency millionaire, like, <laughs> you know, as a kid, like, you know, like it's really fun for me that the thing I love the most, entrepreneurship, has become cool. That boggle, like, I I know that somebody who's listening to me who's over 40 mm. and loves entrepreneurship the way I do, they they also know what I'm saying and that anybody under 30 has no idea of how I'm actually describing it right. and then there's that middle, 30 to 40, which is in between. But if you're over 40, you know that when you were in high school, being a businessman or woman had zero street cred. Zero. 0.00. Right. Zero. Yeah. Being, just for, for the kids that are listening, I know there's a lot, like being an awesome violinist right now. That's not gonna necessarily crush it in the halls of like Draymond High. <laughs> that was equally the same thing that I was going through, which was nobody gave a fuck that I was making $10,000 like at a flea market in a weekend. That meant zero status. Like having like a starter jacket. Or the uh, music you were listening to or the jeans you were wearing. Correct, yeah. or like scoring 13 yeah. for the team that night or you know, like being in a band, like, you know, the cliche move, like all the guys did. Like, yeah. There was 97, or being good at skateboard, like there was 9,000 other things. And it's crazy to think, right? Because money has always been the cliche thing, like, you know, that has helped, like, some people close the gap of coolness. Right, but not in high but school. Not in high school, and definitely not in 1990 to 1990. Now, if you have 50,000 followers on Instagram in high school, you're like the hottest thing. Or, I mean, like, talk about like society wrapped up in vanity, like, of social. If you are a high school guy who's a nerd, but you get a blue check from Instagram, your, your life changed. Changed. You changed. get any girl you want. The amount of people that send me things like, I will rip my arm off <laughs> if you can help me get verified on Instagram. Like, literally things like, I will sell you my children if you get me verified on, like, I will give you my home. It's crazy. And live in a cardboard box. And I'm just like, this is the saddest shit ever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of my content in the last six months has been like, please do not get wrapped up in likes and you know, your rank in the podcast list mm-hmm. or checks. Like that is such a death game. You will lose that game. You will start pandering to those results versus actual results. By creating a great product consistently. New York yeah. Times bestseller list. Yeah. I don't pander to that. I don't want to hire the companies that get mm-hmm. me on the list. I want to sell more books. Yeah. That's the KPI impact more people, that's even the bigger KPI. But look, I mean, the world has always traded on, I mean, you know, do you know how sad at this point I am when I'm on these 30, no, I'm not 30, excuse me, like top 40 influencers mm. or 50 under 50 now, which is the only thing I can, you know, <laughs> 40 so, 40. 42. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, you know, I hate it because my feed gets filled up with like congratulations or the other people that are on it trying to get me into a conversation not because, I, I kudos to them because I was the most pumped too when I was like 10 most important people in the wine business under 40, like amazing, mm-hmm. I get it. But it's, as you get older, 
you realize how those awards or those like just completely arbitrary things of like mm. an editor liked one of your podcasts right. and decided, and we all get excited. Yeah. Like six best podcasts to listen in 2018. You want to be a part of that. You want awareness. Here's what I would say. We've overcorrected a lot of people into caring about that more than the actual results. And so we care more about the facade than we care, we care more about like, look how nice my room, like this, we're in a beautiful room right now, mm. right? You've really done a nice job with nice. this. Yeah. I like how you put like the more important people on their own like, <laughs> like wall over here. That's well, they were just bigger photos. No, so we no, had no, to no. You it. made them bigger. I know you. But <laughs> but here's what's interesting to me. What's interesting is if the concrete and steel under this building is shit, well, this whole thing falls. It of didn't course. matter that you put some like tree. How pretty it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think right now, too many entrepreneurs and personalities and people, 98% of the people that are listening to this podcast right now mm-hmm. are caring about the decorations and the curtains and the painting in the room, not the steel and the concrete holding up the room. And I think that that's an important conversation mm-hmm. to be had. And I think a lot of what makes me happy and worked for me has been the steel and the concrete. Mm. When you were in high school, college, and in your 20s, and you were dating, Yes. I don't think you ever talked about this, and it just came yeah. up for me now. Yeah. Were you driven by dating a lot of girls, or were you trying to like impress them through the business you were building in the wine space? You and know, You know what's funny? Uh, keep going, end. And <clears throat> did business get better for you when you got married and started having kids, or did, some, or did it hurt you? You know, did it help? That's a great question. I was so one-track minded in my 20s, in my from 15 to 25, 15 to 27, from 15 to 27, in 12 prime years where a boy, then a young man, cares about dating and hooking up and having a girlfriend, the level of me giving a fuck about that was stunningly low. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you have a bunch of girlfriends or no? I, in high school, not at all. In college, I had girlfriends. Um, I had a, uh, but from like my junior year of college until I got married, I pretty much always had a girlfriend except when we would break up and I would have a couple of months in between. But it was literally like because I almost weirdly thought I had to. Well, and because look, I mean, you'd like to have a companion, fine. But like my business, was more important than my girlfriend by a magnitude of a thousand to one <laughs> right. f- in those four relationships I had, five relationships I had yeah. in between my, my first serious girlfriend in college and, and mar- marrying my wife. Um, my wife is such an enabler of my entrepreneurship. She wants you to go out and do what you she want, right? She came in eyes wide open and is so independent and wants to run the household and the kids the way she wants to. She wants to be That's the her business. dictator yeah. and CEO of our home life that she likes that we're in a divide and conquer dynamic. Like Lizzie's aspiration is not to co-parent. She doesn't want my two cents. She'll take it once in a while, but she wants me supporting her on her vision and execution and I have empathy for that because mm-hmm. that's what I want on what I do for a living and so we're a good pair. I think if you have somebody, no entrepreneur can be successful with somebody who is not independent. None. There's no a entrepreneur. Partner. That's right. Yeah. No Sally, if her husband Rick is not independent and can't keep himself busy and isn't about his life, she can't do what she needs to do because he's gonna be pulling her at all times and making her feel guilty for taking that extra business trip, for looking at the phone during dinner 
And so you need, if you're a true bred entrepreneur, an obsessed entrepreneur, and what I mean by that is, I believe, I know your audience, I know mine, I believe 87% of the people listening right now are in it for the money. Mm-hmm. They're in it for the short term, get the money, go on the nice vacations, right? Buy the nice car. If you're part of the 13% that I'm a part of, which is you would die tomorrow if somebody said you couldn't play. I, I would much rather make $100,000 a year, and I proved this, this is what I did in my, from 22 to 34, I made 150, 130, $67,000, $49,000 a year building my dad's business for him. I never got upset that I had no equity. I don't have resentment that I left that business at 34 with nothing. I, even when people say to me, don't listen to Gary, his daddy put him on or gave him the business, when I know the true story is, I didn't get anything. I just built a monster business for my dad in my best years of my youth and then left and started over, right? Mm. I mean, VaynerMedia started with me getting a client to pay because I had no money to pay mm. me and AJ or anybody yeah. else. I had no money. Yeah. Um, so, and so I was there in the beginning. You I know. went to your first office when it was four of you in a ping yeah, pong table. That's right. And you crushed me in ping pong. I was pissed. <laughs> Lewis is awfully good at sports. It really makes me upset. Yeah. Well, when you're a lonely kid your whole life and you have all day to just hit a ball and you're shaped the wall. like an Adonis. Yeah. That part yeah. too. Anyway, nonetheless, mm-hmm. for the 13% who are listening, they get it. Which is like, look, no question. I think a lot of people are like bullshit if they don't know me. But if you know me, make. $14 million a year, right? Uh, and not be able to play anymore, mm. passive income. Make 200000 a year and get able to play, I'm not even close. It's 200000 to play. I'll suffocate, I'll suffocate. You mean I'm like play? a fish out of water if I'm not building a business. Mm. Every moment of my life since fucking 1987 has been unbelievably passionately 98% of my human energy against the notion of either my family or building the business that's in my hands at the time. Baseball cards, liquor store, you know, my personal right. brand, VaynerMedia, the investments I've made, uh, selling a book. I'm always in project mode operating. I've, you know, from the day I started working, I've been running a company. In, becoming Gary Vee and all that stuff, right. there's never been a day where, where Gary Vee has been my business. Every day since May of 1998, I've been running Wine Library or VaynerMedia, all of them. Every single day in continuum. So. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you're that, if you're one of those 13%, for all the 13% that are listening, if you're still not married, or by the way, if you're married, you may want to consider divorce. I'm being really serious here, because you're not doing yourself a favor and you're not doing your partner a favor. If you are not blindly supported, you will suffocate and die. It will not work. Mm. It, it just will not work. It's the same reason I give kids advice to tell them to go, to their parents to go fuck themselves when they want to tell them what to do in their 20s. Not because I'm like rogue or I'm trying to be popular or create a viral piece of content. It's because when they're 47, they're gonna hate their parents. And so if you're doing what your parents want you to do because you love them, you're just appeasing the short term because mm-hmm. you're gonna end up having no relationship. Yeah. When you started having kids, yes. did the obsession no. for business no. stay the same? No. Or did it increase? Probably. Or did it go down? It definitely didn't go down. Yeah. So the obsession has stayed the same since you were, whatever, 12, 13, 15, to getting married, to having kids, it stayed the same or has it gotten stronger? I think the greatest way to be selfless is to be selfish. I mean, I just don't care about political correctness mm-hmm. on like what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I know who I am and I know how I can bring the most value to the 12 people I care the most about and that means me being 
day in and day out, second and second happy, and that comes in the form of mm. caring about my craft. Yeah, yeah. What's been the biggest challenge for you since starting Vayner and just the transition out of Wine Library? What's been the biggest thing you've had to overcome? You know, it's been pretty damn good. I, I think, look, I think Vayner Media and VaynerX, the holding company that owns PureWow and Vayner Media and the other things I'm about to do, uh, has been a pretty good run. I think the one thing that sucks is having clients, not being, mm. um, you know, I when I owned my own business, you know, owned, when I ran my dad's business, I was the boss. People were trying to sell wine to me to sell to other people. Thus, I had the leverage in the B2B environment. VaynerMedia, I'm the reverse. Like, you know, Chase is my client. Budweiser's right. my client. I'm on their time. And I'm fancy now. Like, I shouldn't be in a place in my career at 42 with my net worth and like all this stuff where I'm at, where I'm like at the begging call and like have to be late for something that I don't want to mm -hmm. be late for because a client's yelling at me about being mad about something. But I chose the profession and I have the humility in the prime of my career to be in it. So the biggest challenge is like, I'm over myself and I have the humility to run a client service business. I'd be lying if I didn't say like, when I'm dealing with something like that, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like making yeah. fun of myself to myself. I'm like, you, like the fact like, when I have the anxiety that I have to call a client tomorrow for them to yell at me and say I suck <laughs> shit when they're a fucking idiot and I'm gonna be the greatest of all time, that's a little weird. Right. Like you have that conversation with yourself of like, why am I sabot, like what am I doing here? Like, you know, like when I can make more money just being Gary Vee mm -hmm. than I can running VaynerX and I'm dealing with seven meetings in a row where people are complaining about other people within the building and I'm like, you know, playing, you know, guidance counselor. I like that because I want to make people's lives better within my company. But there are days, yeah. and I eat, I eat shit for a living, but there are days where I'm like, why am I doing this when I have a million options not to? Mm -hmm. So then you start asking so yourself. So why are like, you doing it? Um, because I think I'm holding my breath for the bigger win. I think that I'm gonna build the greatest communications holding company of all time. I think I'm gonna then buy brands and I think I'm gonna run them through this machine, mm. this Death Star, and I think I'm going to buy uh, vans for $874 million one day when it's on the downside, because right now it's not, it's in the prime spot, but again, when it's on the downside in seven years where none of the kids care yeah. or people care, I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna flip it for four billion and it's gonna be because I ate shit for 20 years. Mm. My plan is to build a platform uh, that is there for me to help Pencils of Promise, yeah. something we're both passionate about, <clears throat> yeah. help you know, Crohn's disease with AJ, help what takes my parents' lives, help if, mm. if you decide to run for governor of California in 30 years, help that. Uh, no, whatever I'm passionate about right. and also sell sneakers and hats and hoodies and books and you know, I needed to build this machine for myself for the rest of my life and so I'm willing to eat shit right now mm -hmm. to build it because it will make the 50 next years really exciting. Mm. When are the moments that you doubt yourself the most? Because I know you're extremely confident in yourself but are there moments and what are, what are they and how do you get through it when you have that doubt in anything you're doing? One of the weird things I do is I don't, I'm in a funny place now where I'm not putting myself in a place where I doubt myself. And so I always wonder is that like not challenging myself or is that like staying in my lane? But like I will tell you like the only thing I think about being, like when you ask me like what's scary, here's reading in public is scary. It's terrifying. Because I can't read. <laughs> yeah. Even like the last time I did the Ask Gary Vee book, 
like for the audiobook. You I was just like, kind of riff. Well, you know what's funny? I always do that. Yeah. Because uh, I get bored. Because mm-hmm. that's why I got F's. So I'm like, I don't want to read my own fuck. Like, you know, I'm like, fuck this. I know what's in here. Like, okay, you know. That's why people buy the book and the audiobook because they're like basically not even the same. Yeah. Uh, it was fun actually for me because I'm like, oh, I'm a better reader than I've gotten. You know, I think I've been forced to read so much over the last 10 years as we became a computer based, mm-hmm. email based, text based mm-hmm. world. Um, but, uh, I don't like to, like I would be, if you were like, hey, read my notes here right now to the podcast, I'd be like, you could literally ask me to get naked. I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. But if you said read this right it's now terrifying. verbatim, I'm like, ugh, because I don't like that. Uh, but man, it's, then it's things like, a tr- like throw me in a pit of snakes. I'm like, I don't want that. Right. Like jump off this building, fuck that. But there's you nothing know, in, business that, in business that makes no. you doubt yourself. No, 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 there, no. Is there a situation that you could see, like you've spoken in front of 50,000 people, no. that's not scary. I've run the game. At this point in my career, I've been in the room with everybody. And yeah. that means I have not been in the room with a ton of people, but like every All the staff, big leaders, I've every billionaire, with, that's every right, CEO. That's right, I'm of the cloth. Yeah. Uh, I belong. You're and confident to be, too, yeah. I'll be very frank with you, I think I'm better. I think when it's all said and done, I win this generation. I think Elon and Zucks and the Uber guys, I think a ton of people make more money. I'm convinced now that nobody will make more money, nobody will make more money and help people make more money than me in this generation. I will win. In that game, yeah. In the game of that I like, yes. which is winning personally and winning helping other people. I don't think I'm gonna be touched. I think mm-hmm. I will be the guy. I think they will go back and be like, look, here were the people that were entrepreneurs during a time when entrepreneurship was cool, and here are all the different things. Elon invented the craziest shit. And the, you know, Mark Zuckerberg created the greatest, and Bezos created the best companies and mm-hmm. made the most money. And then Gary did the best job of making a, the most money, and he bought the Jets, and that became symbolic, but he also created millions of 100,000 heirs and millionaires mm-hmm. That's what Crush It's about. Yeah. Like, and that's why it, Crushing yeah. It's about. I think that's really cool. I spend an enormous amount of time trying to make my audience awesome out of the selfishness of the legacy, mm. not to get them into a top of the funnel to buy my book or my sneaker. Right. Right. I ask for it, but I have zero vulnerability or expectation. Uh, you, listen, you have a great business on Brown Your Brand, a lot of other people do. I think that's great and think it's cool. I just like that I make my economics in other places, mm-hmm. but I'm paying the price. I'm eating the shit. Like, like it's, right. I think one could argue what's better, um, but I absolutely think I'm gonna win the game as made most, because it's keeping score. I mean, right, it's right. part of the equation, but I'm not driven by that. I'm driven by, you know, I mean, look, dude, you were fucking crushing it. You were winning. Uh-huh. You're doing so many great things. Do you know amazing? Like when I read, because you know, Steph, my, my Stephanie Land, my yeah. my yeah. Uh, ghostwriter interviewed you for mm-hmm. it, so, and then I'm going through it. Just reading your story about the book Crush It, and then of course I remember like getting picked up and going to the Cost Plus I, and all that. I picked you up in like a, a beater car, you know, but and just I had like, no you money. Know, but it's fun, right? Like first of all, yeah. one thing I know is like everybody's got it in them. It's not like I'm manufacturing. You were doing the LinkedIn party right, stuff. Right. That's not yeah, yeah. Crush It. But man, I have definitely suffocated excuses better than a lot of people, Mm -hmm. which is really the biggest reason so many people who are listening right now are not winning. They are surrounded by people that are willing to accept their excuses on one very interesting insight. It's because those people don't give a fuck. Your friends and your family are letting you get away with your excuses because they don't care. I weirdly don't know you and I care. And let me tell you how to fix this. Get your fucking excuses out of your mouth. And so like I think between that and then showing people Mm -hmm. this whole $1.80 strategy 
don't know if you've seen this, this has been great for me. You know, once in a blue moon I come up with very tangible advice. So I, I've been talking a lot about leaving comments in people's Instagram posts, but not like follow me or like right. fucking just to game it. No, take the out. You wanna grow your, everyone's like, how do I grow? I'm like, there's a way. It's called the thank you economy. Uh-huh. Quietly go in like, Nice and calmly, like if you're a photographer, go to Nick's page, he's got fucking legit shit. He takes a photo of some pretty person, boy or girl, he's very good at that, in some beautiful setting, and like look at it, and then leave a fucking comment that's meaningful, like, hey Nick, you know, are you using this filter, or I noticed what you did with the light there, like something that means something, not like cool or fucking lit. You know, like you're not leaving the comment for the sake of leaving the comment, Mm -hmm. you're taking the actual hour and a half to like look, add something of value, you do that, on, on, you know, 90 different, the way I came up with it was, leave your two cents, you know, in a comment, leaving your two cents, go take nine hashtags that are relevant to your business, and then go to 10 accounts, or to, or 10 hashtags, top nine, it used to be mm-hmm. the top now, and right. now it's just random nine. Yeah. So to pick 10 hashtags, the random nine, that's 90, leave two cents, now you've left $1.80 for the day. Yeah. Watching the last two, three, four, five, six weeks of people like, you know, cause it's funny, right? People are buying fucking likes and comments. People are like trying to do dumb shit, give away fucking iPads or Yeezys or off-whites to get followers. Or you can actually work for an hour. Add value. Know your craft. And yeah. add, like Nick, for I'm actually looking at it like, do you know what would happen because he actually knows his craft if he actually spent three hours a day? Three hours is a lot of time. It's a lot of time, but, yeah. And if he gave a fuck, and I don't think he should or shouldn't, right. but if he gave a fuck, the fact that if he spent three hours looking at 20 hashtags in photography because he's crafted and skilled and gifted and went to those people's photos and said shit that I would never understand. I'd just be like, nice thong or like nice muscles or like cool coconuts. Like if he said like, oh shit, I see what you did there off the fucking reflection horizon. I don't fucking, you know. Right. Well that matters because like people see that you're leaving something meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, nonetheless, <coughs> I don't even yeah. remember why the fuck I'm talking right, about right. that. Basically, I'm thinking about bringing the most value. Mm-hmm. I think it's mindset and strategy. I used to not like the motivational pers- version of me. I've gotten much more comfortable in the last 18 months because I'm like, huh, if I didn't think of it as motivational and I thought of it as strategy, because mindset's strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, being insecure is a mindset. It was put into you for a million different reasons. Figuring out how to get out of that hole by who you surround with, how you think, what you do, if you, insecurity is the biggest poison in our lives. Like insecurity scares the fuck out of me. Lack of self-esteem is why people do everything bad. Buy dumb shit to make themselves feel better, do dumb shit, like take dumb shit and put it into their Mm -hmm. body. It's all insecurity. I used to remember in high school, back to dating now, it made me, I'm gonna tie these stories together. I, I remember when I realized, oh, my friends drink alcohol to get courage. Mm. But, but they don't even that <clears throat> drunk, they just use it as an excuse to do shit that they right. wanted to do anyway. Right. It's just all fucking insecurity, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. I don't know. What's your insecurity? What is my insecurity? My insecurity is Probably my insecurity, I don't know if this is insecurity, I'm, this is gonna be very weird for a lot of people who don't know me, I hate being disliked. Which is a really funny insight because the way I act in public and in my content shows a huge willingness to be disliked. Mm-hmm. But I only think of it 
simply as if you really break down my content and my ethos and who I am, I'm willing to be disliked in the micro. I'm willing for you to not like me because I'm suffocating you and you don't like that I've put you into a corner, but you're gonna love me in three years. I hate being disliked. Mm. Why? Because I think I should be nice and I think I like people. Like I think it's right. a bad idea. Like, like I don't, like I'm, I'm very, I don't know if it's an insecurity, like, I, man, the thought that there's, like I think, I don't know if you saw, like uh, I had Tim Ferriss on my podcast and I apologized to him at the end because in my early part of my career, I got on a tangent in one speech at Blogs with Balls where I was like, fuck four hours of working, like fucking go all in, and it just, I didn't like the way it came out. Mm. I knew what my intent was, which is why I'm kind of fine, but I've been apologizing for t- to Tim for a decade. Mm. Because I don't want Tim From to- From that one speech. Yeah, because it hurt Tim's feelings, rightfully so. <clears throat> like if right. you go and find Blogs with Balls 2009, I went on a good three, four minute tangent. I didn't talk about, I didn't, I've never read, four, I've never read anything. Right. I don't even, like, you know, I, from what I know, four hour work week is about efficiency, not about working four hours. So like, I just don't like being this, like I look at Ray Lewis on your wall, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in the right circumstance, at a Jets-Ravens game, there's no question that, you know, Ray would never remember, and I, this didn't happen, but like, Tom Brady. I fucking hate Tom Brady, but do I? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like I hate him, right? right? But you love but I would appreciate hate, No, no, I don't even appreciate it. Fuck him, I know how great he is. <laughs> I have zero appreciation for him being great. None. I know it's there, I don't appreciate it. If he was on your team, you would. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate him and I say it in public and fuck you and this and that and at games and if like if he was on the sideline I flat out like fuck you, you fucking suck, like mean it, right? But in re- like kind of like in real life, like if I cross paths with him and I feel like, you know what scares me now is I'm like oh fuck, I'm definitely gonna cross paths yeah, with yeah. like the Kobe's and the Tom, like all these guys want to be entrepreneurs and will be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like eh, the sports thing's weird now, like, like I'm gonna see him at some like fucking, you know, like Allen and Co. Offside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. I don't want like I don't want to be disliked because I think there's no reason to. I hate cynicism and hate. I hate it so much, and being associated with it would really upset me. Um, so mm. I'm insecure at like, I don't know if it's insecure is the right word, but I I'm aware that I'm awfully peacocky on stage in a podcast. Like you can ask me questions here, and I could say shit that mm-hmm. I believe, right. but I don't want to deal with the ramifications of my truth. Sure. And more importantly, and it's a great time to say it, and Babin, I hope you're filming, uh, there is something that's really interesting to me, which is I really know that I mean nothing. There's some, I think the biggest reason I'm willing to spit authentic is because I don't think so highly of myself. Meaning I'm not insecure, it's just that like me thinking Nick is not good at something, like business. Forget about photography where who gives a fuck. Like me saying your business stinks, even with all my business things, uh-huh. I still think is just one fucking dude's opinion. I understand it's a solid opinion. I understand that it comes with some heritage and value, but it's still, too many great people who've won so much in things have told me I'm not gonna win and then I've won that I know I'm the same. And so I think one of the reasons I'm willing to spit is like <clears throat> my opinion's still my opinion mm-hmm. and like, you know, Take it for with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? You talk a lot about you know delayed gratification. There's time, and everyone has a lot of time, and people are wanting things right now. What do you think? Even with that mentality, I know that 
you would love to get results, bigger results all the time with what you're doing. You know, if you sell 100,000 books, right. you would like to sell 200,000 books right now. And, That's and, you exactly know, right. Right? What? Micro, micro, yeah. macro. Yes, exactly. That's it. But what do you think you're going to need to do to step into getting faster results? In the micro and the macro, um, what would take you to the next level I think quicker? What I think what takes everybody to the next level is cutting out dumb shit. Like what, if you really look at anything, it's always cutting, that's why Jack Welsh had such a great career, he was so right in like, when it was a revolutionary thought of like, cut your bottom 10% of your staff each year. But it's right. I mean like, no question, whether in your training, in your business, in your friendships, do you understand that if every person who's listening right now started to weed off the friend that is bringing the least value, and I mean they're a bad influence, they're, they're, they're bad mojo, they're bad, like mm -hmm. they're bad. I mean, they're just negative. They're a negative person, so they're dragging you down. They're selfish. Uh, they have bad habits, like a drug addiction or something. And you don't want to leave them. Ha I want to make sure people, people right. when they hear me say this, like, oh, you fucking get rid of your friend. No, just if you audit your circle of who you spend time with, if you just spent less time with something that is broken, and you added one person that was incredibly. Yeah valuable, your life would be a lot better. That's just real. And so I think the thing that would, the thing that I'm not good at, <clears throat> but I will never give it up, so I don't know if it's a strength or weakness, I do a lot of meetings on spec when people ask me to. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those pay off long term and some of them you're just like, am I wasting my time? Like, you know, you're like, can I, like, even this was back in the day, mm -hmm. like, can I drive you to the cost plus? Right, right. I'm glad I did it. Now we know yeah. each other for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at this point, no question, my time has become remarkably valuable, and I still do. Twenty percent of my time this year will be highly questionable, in 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 somebody was auditing my life. Um, but you know, you're gonna have to, you know, at some level, you gotta accept some of your humanity yeah, yeah. Uh, aspects. So, but I think I think that uh, that is the <clears throat> thing that would take me to the next level getting even more disciplined on every single thing I do, mm -hmm. debating every single idea. Um, I'll give you a good one. This is super funny. Yeah. If Tyler was in the room right now, he would argue that I've made a mistake by being here today for an hour. Your assistant, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got a lot of things going on. Um, we've, uh, I'll break it down. This is gonna be yeah. interesting for people listening. We had a bunch of new business meetings, new people I could have met. Hi, big, good. Would have been on your biggest wall, right? Um, and, I, and you know, Tyler gave me a list of things and he's like, you can do one of these four things and I did this. I would argue somebody analyzing me would say this is the wrong move. Couple of reasons. Number one, the new book Crushing It is selling, selling so well yeah. that I'm not even trading for speaking or doing podcasts or I'm not, I mean, I've never been this passive two weeks away from a book release. Right. Like, this, I don't even, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is like, I'm weirded out myself. Um, I almost like weirdly want it to collapse and everybody returns the pre-sales so I get punched in the mouth for being so passive. Um, this audience that is listening right now has heavy crossover. Uh -huh. I've been on the show not too long ago. Uh, a lot of people that like you, like me, yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I get somebody analyzing how do you get better that this was the wrong choice for the hour. And I just like you. Yeah. I just wanted to see you. So like I think, you know, 
that's a human thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to do those things. But but it, so that's why I say I won't change what would make me better. Mm-hmm. But what would make me better is to analyze my time more fruitfully for micro results. Right. But for macro results, friendship, whose funeral are you going to show up to, mm-hmm. and why? I think this is the better decision. And yeah. so I will always make a macro decision, and I will take. I will take 100% of the macro results and only 60% of the micro results and I think everybody who's listening, man, do I think 99% of the people are trying to maximize micro. Mm-hmm. Every fucking person, like, I'm blown away by people literally analyzing like what's in it for me in this fucking microsecond of this thing. Everybody. It's fucking so awesome for me to watch because I'm like, you've lost. Yeah. And people do that. And people do it when they don't fucking mean shit. I love people getting put on just a little bit and they think they're fancy and they just start valuing like. Right. Anyway, right. Babin, you're smiling because that's a big thing you've learned, right? <laughs> that, like, as somebody who like really gets to see everything I do in every minute, that's the one, right? This last seven, eight minutes. Like, if we mm. can deconstruct this in a meaningful way, it's the one. Like, I genuinely think that people are, are in the business of thinking what's in it for me right. and I only think What's in it for me is my legacy. I am obsessed with what Nick says behind my back. It's just interesting. I think it's an interesting thing. He says good things about you. Right, and like yeah. I know how well I know him and he knows how well I know him. We know each other, we're, we're, we're in between that zone of acquaintances and friends. We haven't spent enough time to, you know, we haven't had that, you know, I was, aren't you, fa- by the way, I'm going on a complete tangent. Aren't you fascinated by the serendipity of something happening that takes an acquaintance to a friend? It's usually predicated mm-hmm. on something like a trip yeah. or some weird night where like, like, like I'm, I'm like desperate for one of my flights to be canceled and I'm there with, it. A dream for me would be on a, to go on a red eye from LA to New York that Nick's on. It gets canceled <laughs> and for some reason it's a blizzard and we can't leave the airport. I know in those six hours sitting there, that's where the friendship uh-huh. gets made. I love that shit. Like early college is that for a lot of people, right? Yeah, Remember yeah. that first like conversation you had probably around like the first week of October with the kids you just met and you like stayed up to four o'clock and like one dude cried and like, right, like right. you know, like, and like forever <laughs> that night, you're like the literally still, like I'm literally still texting kids who are my friends 21 years later off of that October 7th mm. night where like two people cried right, and I'm like, right, I love right. you dude. And like, right. like, and you've only known the guy for four weeks but like now you're friends forever. Sure, like college, sure. no, listen, college <laughs> is the biggest racket and everybody, every fucking college should go to jail for the debt structure that's created around it but no question. And that's why I love like whether it's a Soho house or the mm. Summit at Sea thing or South by Southwest, getting people into a place where they have to spend two to three nights together yeah, yeah. is powerful. Mm-hmm. I've actually been thinking about launching a club thing where mm. it's called 24, where it's like, or, or I'm sorry, I've been playing with different names. It's called Tuesday. I have this idea of a club that's called Tuesday and you walk in at, like the only way you're in this club, think Soho House, New House, think yeah, about those yeah. kind of places where you have to be there by nine o'clock Tuesday and you don't actually leave until 6 a.m. Wednesday. Wow. You're like suck, right? And there's like showers and beds and like obviously some weird shit could go down but, uh, like I'm not caring about the weird shit. I'm caring about like what actually happens when you're forced to spend the night. Here's yeah. what happens. You'll have dinner with people but it's what's gonna happen from 11 to three in the morning that will forever change your relationship with that person. So I'm trying to create a context mm. and force. You know what yeah. I'm pumped about that we just said this? Is this is now on the record. I've never said it out loud. I probably won't do it because I'm busy 
but it's now gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I can, and of course they're gonna call it Thursday to like disguise it. Dude, that's my <laughs> Thursday, shit, yeah, yeah. motherfucker. It's Tuesday. <laughs> that's fucking Tuesday, you dick. Right, right. Uh, we only got a few minutes left, so I want to okay. make sure that oh, I get fuck. a couple questions uh, left. Is there one question that we need to ask for? I can uh, extend five minutes too, because okay, I've cool. gone nowhere. I've been like ranting. Yeah, you're good. Like, Am I missing anything, sorry, or is it okay? There, got okay, cool. Um, this is called. Uh, well, before we get, get to the final questions, I want to make sure everyone gets the book. We don't have the copy right here like we usually did. You just got it like this morning, but in it's New back York. in New York. Make sure you guys pick up Crushing It. Uh, Lewis a, is in it. I'm in the book. I think there's a few pages of me, or there's like a whole profile about there's a whole profile of you. my story of reading Crush It, meeting you, you know, nine years ago, and what the book did for me. And, and you know, my favorite chapter is the one about caring and giving. I think it was the one word chapter, care, word chapter. right? And it's true. That's man. been my approach ever since. I mean, I think I came from that before I read it, but, but when I read a, it, sometimes when you put something on paper, right? Yeah, it was like, okay, what can I do? And hopefully, you felt this from me that every year I'm thinking Lewis, how me, can I give Lewis, to Gary let me, let, me, let me help let me say something about you that's nice because I like your audience to hear it but more importantly it will help so many people when you started trying to care towards me mm-hmm. as your career evolved over the last nine years the first four times that you cared I thought this is the setup for the other thing the ask or something right because that's what we as humans think mm-hmm. that is the environment we live in I'm sure that's what people feel about me Mm-hmm. The fact that you look, I think here's here's the thing. Here's actually, let me say this about you as well. There's a there, this is a good topic. I want to pay forward at all costs. I want to give, give, mm-hmm. give, 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 give. Right, jab, 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 right hook. Right. Like if I had it my way, that book would have been called Jab, 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 Right Hook. I think the thing that you have that I have, and this is our kinship, and no question speaks to our success, is we're very willing to give. Yeah. We're not as scared to ask for something in return, but we are not crippled. We don't overreact to somebody coming through, and we're not crippled when they don't. Right. I'll give you a great example for everybody listening. When School of Greatness came out, you know, like, you know, you emailed, you reached out, I was able to buy a bunch of books, we did all the right things. When, when Mass came out, this feels like, what, three months ago? Yeah. I remember this clearly because I kept like getting scared that I was fucking up because you reached out, you're like, this is coming, but, I had some shit going on, just like business stuff. You were really like, busy too. I was just, no, yeah. no, but I was just really like between yeah. personal life and business, and I just remember like, because I remember this because I was like, oh shit, I gotta like, you know, it wasn't like notes. I'm like, oh, I gotta reach out to him. I got it, and then I like hit you up, and I was like, dude, where where are you? Like, you're like, dude, I was in New York four days ago. Like, but you know what's interesting to me? That because that's how I play. Like sometimes people will come through, sometimes they don't. Right. Giving with expectation is a devastatingly bad idea that 99% of people do. Mm-hmm. And somewhere after the fourth time you asked to do something or this, I'm like, oh, he fucking figured it out. So now, mm-hmm. I look forward to the asks. Right. I want to support the asks. I'm always yeah, supporting Yeah, and I don't really ever ask. It's like, you, you know. ask the same way I ask. Yeah, it's like once like, in a blue I, moon. Oh, dude, do you know how pumped I am that Crushing It's selling so well so I don't have to ask? <laughs> exactly. Because I also have the next two K-Swiss sneakers coming out and they sold out so fast that we've produced wow. so many. So I'm like, oh shit, now I'm you definitely need to ask. gonna fuck them. Buy like, dude, yeah. do you want to wear a fresh new pair of K-Swisses every day for the whole year? Well, yeah, yes, please buy 365 pairs of my next thing. My mentality is also, and I think people listening can can take a, a page out of this, my mentality with you is like, I'm thinking of how can I give to you without you even having to ask. I'm, th- totally I'm thinking too. like I made a couple, I don't even know if you saw them in the email, but I made a couple introductions where of guys were like, 
I want to buy a couple thousand books let from me, Gary, let, and I said, let me tell you, you how. Let me, tell, buy, yeah, let me tell you how I do. I apologize. Yeah. I saw. Yeah, yeah. So let me explain that. Like, yeah, like making intros and like, hey, this guy, you know, who buys four or five or ten thousand of yours, you made intros of people yeah. that, and you're winning, right? Because I'm not as easy to get to right. these so days. Like, so you you won twice, and that's so yeah, yeah. smart, right? Yeah. You're getting these people. A lot of them have told you this, I'm sure, because I know because if you intro, I'm saying yes. Right. Like, well, I say I, the only way I'm going to intro if you buy a two thousand books. But even more yeah. interestingly, these are people that have reached out ten times. That that say I buy three thousand and I don't reply, really? yeah. and then you do it and I do, which I know makes you good. But like for me, the best part is now that I'm in a different kind of like, as my brand grows, as my career grows, as my reputation grows. That's reputation, mm-hmm. you know. Because when I say brand, I know a lot of people are like, uh, reputation. That's what it is. Yeah. What's been fun for me is when real senior people, not people with like ten thousand Instagram followers. Right, right. I mean, like the seventy-four-year-old lady that's running the world that you haven't heard of. What's been fun for me, and this is the thing that, back to Nick, what he says behind my back. When, when, when real power players, like $80 billion hedge fund people that want to invest in something, or somebody deciding, even when you've got somebody as incredible as Scooter behind mm-hmm. you, when you're looking at TV stuff, when there's people that are on the board level of a network saying, hey, this guy's coming through the path. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know this, anybody that's growing up in our era, everyone's trying to figure out, is this real or is this fake? Is this a real dude? Nothing is more fun now. Look, buying 500 books is the easy part. Me putting my reputation on the line for somebody else yeah. is the thing that scares the shit out of me. And I think the thing that's a lot of fun, and this is the hidden thing that all the kids and even the 70 year olds that are in kid mentality don't get it. The amount, I had a meeting, I was with Scooter today. Yeah. We talked about the game. We talked about multiple people that we're fine with, we like, but deep down, everybody knows this. There are plenty of people that feel that you have relationships with that that person will feel like you guys are fine, but if somebody, if, if I had to put my, I will never say, why would I say something bad about somebody? Like when there's no benefit. But if somebody said your reputation's on the line, mm. is this, and this happens in yeah. real life. Guys, yeah. this is what's happening. Just so you know what happens as you continue to try to build your game, there's always this moment. There's so many huckster kids running around right now who claim to be friends with all of us. Say so they know someone. That's right. That, yeah. Who all of us are nice people. So we and say like, hi. Yeah, hi, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but behind the scenes, if you're a huckster and you're doing it just for you and you're name collecting to get selfish short-term shit for you, let me tell you what's happening. At dinner, four of the people that are really winning are having dinner. Your name gets brought up because mm-hmm. maybe the fourth person's like, hey, this kid's been reaching out to me and says he's homies with all three of you, ironically. What's the story? You are getting shit on. Yeah. You think you're winning. You, you know, and again. On a micro on, level. On a micro level, you yeah. are. Like, that person's commenting on your Instagram post. You're at a conference and they high five you and give you a hug. You got a selfie but with the them. Truth yeah. shit. <laughs> I'll wrap it up perfectly. The curtains look good. Yeah. The painting looks good, the foundation. but the foundation's fucking broken. Yeah. And here's the punchline. The four titans that are winning, they're not wrong because mm-hmm. they're just being polite. You're wrong because you're doing behavior to gain those titans for your selfish needs yeah. and you look like a fucking idiot to the 1% and you look cool to the 60% that don't matter and the 39% in the middle are trying to figure it out. Mm. Mm. Too many people winning with the 60%. Yeah. What advice would you have for me over the next 10 years? You've seen the first 10 years from crush it to crushing it now in my career evolving. This isn't I for think, selfish reasons. No, I think, like, it's, I think it's, it's, it's gonna help everyone. Yeah. Uh, here's my thing. I think you're at the point now where you'll, you need to decide 
if you want to build a business uh, for yourself that isn't around you as a human, mm-hmm. do you have that ambition or not? If you do, you should start getting serious about it. If you don't, you need to quadruple down on the Lewis Howes business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only decision you have, in my opinion. It's actually binary. Do I, Lewis, have the ambition to, should I buy uh, Prince, the tennis racket company, and you know, do I want to buy right. you know, a, a company, do I want to start a company, like, or do I want to triple down? For you to have this much brand awareness around a human, you've got to decide if you want, like, if you look at all these pictures, mm-hmm. a lot of those people make the majority of their money being that human, but if you look at the CEO of Spanx, or if you look at something yeah. else, there's, I'm in that category, they're making their money other places and happen to also have that. You need to decide, are you gonna still just only be Superman, or is there a Clark Kent mm. in your repertoire? Uh, and that doesn't mean that you have like, you know, I'm looking at Logan Paul, he's obviously yeah. going through his own yeah. stuff and like yeah. what right now, but like he sells hoodies and makes millions of dollars, but that's 100% still on his brand. Yeah. That's different than VaynerMedia, that's different than Spanx, that's different than my ambition to buy K-Swiss and yeah. be the CEO of K-Swiss. And it's not because I'm the face of, I'm the, I'm the operator. Do you want to be the operator of a business that 90% of it, the customers don't care you're this person, mm-hmm. or do you want to continue there? That's, Got I think, it. the most interesting thing for you to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, good advice. You know, there haven't been, you know, Phil Knight and all these, things, I'm looking at books around here, they didn't have that. There was no way for Phil Knight to make $4 million a year being Phil Knight right. in 1984. All these youngsters now can do that, you're a youngster. What's interesting is, like our mutual friend Adam Braun, there was no kids building huge nonprofits. Right. Right? Like so like him, yeah. when he wanted to go on and do build a business, there was like this weird dynamic of like, wait, you're not allowed, you're a nonprofit. Of course he's allowed, but he's a first of generation where kids started nonprofits from the get and then go private. Same for you. Mm-hmm. You're part of the generation that can make a great living just being the person. Now your question is, do you want to build a business mm-hmm that is scalable outside of yourself right. or do you want to quadruple down? And truth is both work, that's just up to you. Yeah, cool. Uh, final two questions. This is called the three truths and I, I don't remember if I asked you last time but if you did, maybe it'll be different now. Uh, if this was the last day for you many years from now, you've done everything you've wanted to achieve, yes. you've created it all, you've said yes. everything, yep. but for whatever reason all your books and shoes and businesses have yes. been erased. Yes. And so there's nothing left that yes. people have to remember of you. Yes. But you've got a piece of paper and a pen to write down three lessons or three yep. truths that yep. that's all they would have that you would share with the world. Yep. What uh, would those three things be? 5149, I would draw that first and then I would like in parentheses explain it and it would say give more than you take. And then we talked a lot about that the last 15 minutes. It just works. And the reason 5149 works is it painted a picture for everybody right now who's been listening for the last 20 minutes and like that's an interesting insight of like why Gary and Lewis are winning. That's the right number to me. Like, Mm. and I've debated like should it be 50.1 to 49 point, you know, but if you just give, like then you can still be selfish in your, the power of your selflessness. So 5149, uh, I would say legacy over currency. Mm -hmm. Like how many people show up to your funeral is the KPI. Because if you're great at that, <laughs> you're gonna have money. Right. Like there's, you know, like occasionally you have somebody who's a teacher and like, like a, or sat on the porch of a town and everybody loved them, but like most people that have 10,000 mm. people or 5,000 people show up to their funeral. And by the way, just 
being loved is better than having money. Like, how much money do you need? So anyway, legacy over currency, yeah. and then the third one would be patience. It is the it is the disease of our society. The lack of fucking patience, bro. Hmm. I, I mean, it's crazy to me that literally patience and insecurity is 90% of the unlock for everybody listening right now. Hmm. Their mom shitted on them their whole life and said they're gonna be a loser, so they believe it, because that's what parenting is. Uh, and they just wanna have a you know, Maserati now. Right. And they'll do whatever it takes right. to do it. And so they'll take, they did something, like how many kids are doing something smart, like doing a good retail arbitrage on Amazon right now and making $100,000 by buying on Alibaba and mm-hmm. selling on Amazon. Took a year and a half, three years yeah. to get good at it. But now we're taking every profit and buying some rando cryptocurrency because they're playing the lotto. That's just, re- yeah. this is what's going on in yeah. our society. Like we have to have these conversations. You're saying big gains fast, like let me jump Like in there's that. a kid yeah. who spent three years being disciplined and getting good at retail arbitrage. It's a real skill to have an eye for like what to mm-hmm. buy in China, yeah. how to set up on Amazon properly, how to run ads, like it's a skill. Yeah. They did it for three years meticulously. They made 13,000 and 47,000. Now they finally are making 300,000 and they could be on their way to 10 million, yet they've chosen to kind of stop, jump on the short-term bandwagon, of buying some weird cryptocurrency hoping it's the next Bitcoin or Ethereum. I'm just seeing that every yeah. day and I'm just like, it's it's being predicated on short term. Yeah. You hear one story, Zucks did it. Instagram sold in 550 days for a bit. Now I'm, <laughs> that's why everybody started an app company. Yeah. The follow the leadership, completely predicated on short term. I went the other way. While everybody was blowing up, I decided to build an agency. Mm-hmm. Boring ass shitty ass business in the prime of my career uh, when everything was going for me in Silicon Valley, I'm proud of that. I think I'll be historically correct. So those are the three things I would say. That's great. Uh, Before I ask the final question, um, make sure you guys get the book, Crushing It. It's out now. You can pre-order it or it's out now. Uh, Get the audio book, pre-order that, which is coming out in a a couple months, I think. But uh, if you don't already follow Gary, make sure to follow him at Gary V. Instagram seems like it's your platform of choice these days. It's been crushing it. Yeah, I got Uh, real Literally, it's been blowing up in a massive way. Your attention there is unbelievable. Uh, So go follow him there if you're not following him already. One final question before I, I ask, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Gary, for constantly showing up. Since I've known you 2008, 2009, you're constantly giving. You care deeply about everyone. You always want to give. And you're doing things that aren't necessarily the most popular things to support other people. So I want to acknowledge you for constantly being yourself, speaking your truth. You, you never hold back. Just like now, you're always going to say it like it is. And um, your, your authentic ability to to give, to speak what's on your mind. I really acknowledge that. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, final question, what's your definition of greatness? Uh, you know, I've never really thought of that. You know, it's funny, a couple things ran through my, I'll just go with what ran through my head. First thing that came to mind is that a lot of people know who you are because you've impacted them in a positive way. Um, uh, the second thing that came through my mind was interesting was when you say somebody's name, you feel something. Mm. Like you know that you know like when you get nervous, like some version of like excitement and butterflies. Um, I think it's you know I'm fascinated by the word great because I think it's one of those words that has absolutely been like, you know like I, I think about sports casting. It's funny everybody's nostalgic about their youth and you always become the old man or old woman. Like 
the amount, the way great gets thrown around, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to get your perspective on this because you've anchored into this so heavily, but like, yeah, those are, those, you know, those are two things that come to mind. Like that mix between nervousness and excitement uh, in your stomach, or like to me it's like when you hear a name, like it's funny, Martin Luther King's birthday was the other day, right? I went to Martin Luther King Middle School. Like, like I don't think we can wrap our head around the people that have changed the world because that's a level of selflessness. Like I'm pumped because I'm gonna be 50% selfless, selfless and I think I'm gonna be legendary for it. There's people out there that are 100% selfless. Um, I think for entrepreneurship you have to be 50% of each. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's wild to me that I am gonna be far more successful and great because of the DM that I'm gonna send to a kid tonight than for the 97 things I'm gonna be right about in business over the next century and will make me successful. Um, doing the right thing is always the right thing. There's something in that statement with greatness. I think to be great you have to be an enigma. You have to be like against the status quo. Mm. You have to be willing to say fuck work-life balance in its current state like I did earlier in the you know, segment. So yeah, just, just different. Like, and invoking a reaction. A human reaction must occur, otherwise you're not great, you know? Mm-hmm. Gary, thanks, thanks for that. Bro. Appreciate you. Hey, podcast listeners, uh, big ups. I'm putting on my Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of Vayner Media hat right now, not the Gary V that all of you love so much, or at least are curious of, or actually are starting to hate. I, I have no idea how you feel, but I love you. Nonetheless, uh, we're a year into it, uh, not even really, but one of the most exciting things that Vayner Media sells, besides the million dollar scopes for the biggest brands in the world, is this concept of four Ds. Do I have a URL for this as I'm doing this? Is it, can, can you figure it out while I'm yapping? D-Rock. Anyway, 4Ds, Daily Digital Deep Dive, a consulting product from VaynerMedia that has crushed uh, for us and has had a huge impact. I just came back from Agent 2021. I know this is a post uh, announcement for the podcast, but I'm gonna run this for a while. So that was in January if you're listening in May, uh, but I know it's February right now. Nonetheless, um, uh, a $10,000 immersion day where you come in and you learn from our creative team, our media team, our consulting strategy team, like just a complete get in here, kind of like Disney and Zappos does, have your company pay for a $10,000 consulting strategy day here in New York City. We're also now doing it in London. Details are on VaynerMedia's site, vaynermedia.com slash 4Ds slash services slash 4Ds. Can you create a Gary V's? Create a Gary V for me. Hold on, everyone. Stick with me here. DRock's going. If not, I'm going to create a Gary V. Great. VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS, right? VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS, the 4Ds, the daily digital deep dive. It is changing small and medium-sized businesses' worlds. Go on the website to get the dates or go to Gary Vaynerchuk's website, GaryVaynerchuk.com, and go to events and see it there. I'm in there for an hour doing kind of my one-on-one Q&A, personal fix your business, grow your business, expand your business session. It has exploded. I am now completely confident in this product. At first, I was like, oh, 10,000, can we make it worth it? Hearing the ridiculous stories of I came to your 40s and was doing 280,000, now we're doing 2.2 million. To be very frank, I'm thinking about raising the price. I want to make sure the podcast world knows about it. VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS or GaryVaynerchuk.com, hit the events tab. Come and check out the 4Ds. I'd love to see you in New York or London. Go see the dates, sign up. This will change your business. See ya.